Dave. We're back. This is episode 63 of the Masterclass. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it's we've been gone for a couple of weeks here. I know, three. I didn't think it was three. I thought it was two, and then I looked at my calendar, and I don't know where a whole week went, but I missed it. I guess I missed it, too, because I thought <laughs> it was the same. <laughs> yes, we, we had some time off. We missed each other dearly. Yes. And now we're back. Yeah, it's all my fault. It's not Cam's fault. It's hey, it's my fault I'm, that we haven't been here. I'm not pointing any fingers. You know, it's the summertime, Dave. It is the summertime. And people need to go places with their family and enjoy family time. Yes. I have or, teenage children. that. So you and your wife are like, see ya, get out of the house. Wise move. Yes. And I applaud you for it. Thank you very much. Yes, Caroline is headed off to college in the fall, which... Technically, she did last year, but she'll be at the University of Arkansas. And Olivia got her restricted yesterday. So she's driving. Uh, drivers. Oh. Drivers. <laughs> Everyone's getting so old. Uh, I know. Caroline's going to be 20. Two decades. Oh, I keep for- yeah, what? yeah, I keep forgetting. We're not that close in age, but close enough that I'm like, no, there's no way she's that old. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Let's see, so she, she's going to be 20. So I've known her since she was 13. Mm-hmm. I think so. Oh, my gosh. I was, I was a wee lad then. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell a quick story. All right. About how we first met. You and I? Yes. At the fair? Yes. Yeah. So uh, every year at, like, the peak of the suckiness of summer, these the Johnson County 4-H fair occurs, and it's this big hullabaloo in our town because carnivals are cool. I guess I don't know. It stinks like poop. Well, you're borderline. You're 4-H territory. So you, I didn't you, know 4-H was a thing until I moved here. That's yeah. that's that's what the vantage point I'm coming from. Yeah, we're on that edge of being a suburb. But being, also being farming country. Being the county. Yeah, because yeah, we had some kids in the youth group that were like state champion 4-H cow showers, which mm-hmm. I didn't know was a thing <laughs> again. Uh, so anyways, so one of my first uh, weekends here, um, the youth group has this tradition of going to the fair together and handing out ice cold water to people because it's hotter than the sun. And so we hand out water to people, and if they ask us why, it's an opportunity for us to talk to them about Jesus. Um, and then once all the water's handed out, we go and just have do fun. Do the fair, yeah. yeah. just do the fair, yeah. So it's, it's, part, it's part, you know, um, service, part potentially evangelism, and, and part fun. And so at this point, Caroline is just coming into seventh grade or eighth? I think eighth. Okay. And so uh, Dave tags along, and I'm trying to remember everyone's name. I'm trying to figure out what's like. Why are there rabbits in this ninety yard long hut? And and trying to figure it all out. And and at the end of the at the end of the whole thing, uh, after I'm thoroughly exhausted from trying to you know figure this whole youth pastor thing out, Dave goes, you know, I think I uh, I think I want to volunteer and help out. And I'm like. Great, that'd be awesome. Just come hang out with us a few times, like no string attached. Youth ministry is not for everyone. We'd love for you to check it out. And he goes, I was a youth pastor for nine years. Great, you're hired. Come on board. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so stupid. Why? Because I already didn't know what I was doing. I was totally in. I felt like. None of us know what we're doing. But I felt totally in over my head. And like my first, like, serious 
oh, I'm the youth pastor. Listen to my wisdom. It's not forever. And you're like, I've done this for nine years. I was like, oh. No, that was not my intent. I'm no, sorry. And I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. But that was just my my ego of like, oh, you idiot. How did you not know that? But that is that is how Dave and I met. And that is, yes. The rest is that. history, as they say. Yeah. So that was 2010. Okay, 2010. Yeah. Yeah, because I got married in the fall of '09, and we moved here at uh, the end of July. So I'll be I'll be here for six months or six years next month. That's crazy. I know we've been in our house for four years. That's, That's even crazy crazier. Yes. But enough of our <laughs> walk down memory lane. Yes, we feel like we should have some like <laughs> sort of music. Um, sorry, it's been a while, guys. We just like talking to each other. Um, but we're back, and. We have zero follow-up, Dave. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I know. <laughs> Not even my sister bailed us out this week. Oh, no. But it's okay. I'm just going to assume that lack of follow-up means that we're never wrong. That's what I'm going to assume. <laughs> I won't say what I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> what, that no one listens? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. Jesus listens. Yes. Probably not. He's too busy. No, he's not. No, he's not. Oh, man, I'm rusty. All right. This episode brought to you by Cam's Corny Jokes. So we're at episode 63, which is pretty cool. It's kind of doing this for a little while. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have any expectations for what this was going to be or how long it was going to last, but a year and a half later, Mm-hmm. Here we are. We are. In your basement. <laughs> Everyone, I just want you to know that Dave turned the air conditioning off in his house so that it wouldn't be noisy during this episode. It was 99 degrees today, so you should all give him a golf clap in the background. <laughs> my ears well, the, sun, the sun's gone down, so. It is still 89 degrees outside, according to my watch, at 940 at night. Why do we live here? I, I ask myself that quite a bit. So. <laughs> I was talking to Meredith and. You know, theoretically, my job allows me to work from every, anywhere I want. I really enjoy working at my boss's house. Um, but because of the nature of our work, which is web design, as long as I have the internet, theoretically, I can work from anywhere. And neither of us are from here. I'm from Detroit, and she's from sh- south of Chicago. And um, big news, I'm having a daughter. Oh, it's out there it, now. I haven't said it on any podcast yet. We just found out <laughs> yesterday we're having a girl. Um, super excited. Um, I, I, I'm waiting for the day for when she's like, okay, grandparents need to be close. Because <laughs> right now they are 9 and 14 hours away by car. So, but she doesn't want to move north. That's the problem. I, I can't say that I blame her. <laughs> you are not helping, sir. <laughs> Yeah, my my plan is not to go north if I ever leave Kansas. It's I to can't... go south and east. Oh, that's my plan. Why? Um, I don't like cold and I don't like snow. Oh, see, I quite like those two things, <laughs> <laughs> but my wife hates them, so I feel like Kansas is a compromise for us. You know, and I I, I would say this that. I could go just about anywhere if I was near a larger body of water. There are 
not large bodies of water in Kansas. This is true. At least not what I would consider large bodies. So, yeah. I was spoiled with the Great Lakes. Yeah. I kind of thought that was normal, and then I, you know, went to school and it's like, oh no, that's not normal anywhere else on the planet. No. So yeah, that would be my thing. Is I I definitely would like to be around water. Be around. Detroit has lots of water. Things to do outside. I for for the right for the right situation, I would go to Detroit. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I'm talking about. <laughs> I knew we were friends. No, I would still root for Chicago teams, but I could. Hey, that's Detroit. fair. You know how much. You know how much. How much crap I get for Mayor's extended friends and family when I go home. All of their Chicago Blackhawk stuff just magically appears in the house. Cam's coming over. Yeah, but the, the, the Stanley Cup book is on the coffee table and the blankets on the couch. I'm like, guys, I get it, okay? You're good again. Congratulations. <laughs> it's been 40 years. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. Hey, by the way. Yes. I, I, I have to say props to LeBron James and the, the Cavaliers on their NBA title. I'm actually happy for that guy. <sighs> You're not so much. You're Detroit <laughs> Pistons fan. And hence why <laughs> the, the Cavaliers winning is. See, Chicago, Chicago has six titles here fairly recently, so it's not as painful. When's the last time Chicago won? The Bulls. I'm yeah, when's the last time they won the NBA championship? Well, it hasn't been 52 years. The Pistons won it in 04. Did they? And then they lost in game seven in 05. They've been rotten ever since. <laughs> that was back when Larry Brown was the coach. We had Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups. And then it's just been bad ever since. Yeah, I listened but to the game on the radio because we were driving it, down. And I, I, I'm happy that a team has finally come back from 3-1 in the finals. Right. That I'm happy for. And I'm happy that LeBron James got to win a title for his hometown team. Like right. every kid dreams of that. And so for that, he should have never left. He should have stayed there. No, not so much. I think he needed to, I, I think him leaving was a, a, a direct shot at Dan Gilbert. Like you Fair had, the, you had the best thing in the game and you, and you, and you didn't, you didn't, didn't did step nothing. Up. You didn't do what you needed to do. Yeah. So I'm going to go somewhere. I'm appreciated. Childish. Maybe, but did it work out? Cause when he, yeah. Cause when he came back, guess what? He had everything he needed. Um, which makes it sound so, but truly like I am, don't get me wrong. I am not a huge NBA fan. I'm not even remotely really an NBA fan, but what he did in that game seven, I mean, but he did the whole series. Well, that's true. He led both teams, both teams, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. That's insane. And he's an old man by NBA. Well, and a lot of people don't like him because, you know, uh, he doesn't act the way Jordan acted. I'm like, Jordan was a cocky. They were different people. They're different people. Yeah. And Jordan didn't really let people get into his head like LeBron seems to, mm-hmm. but I just think LeBron's more emotional, and that's not a bad thing. Nope. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Draymond Green was John at me all game, I probably would punch him too, only because he went to Michigan State. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm happy that he got to experience the I won a title with my hometown. The amount of times that I dreamt of winning the Stanley Cup as a Detroit Red Wing, just countless. Playing street hockey in the backyard, street hockey in the street. 
always pretending to be a Red Wing winning the Stanley Cup. And growing up in the 90s, that's what the Wings did. They won Stanley Cups. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you know, I never got to play ice hockey. Really? Too expensive. I played roller hockey for a few oh, years. Yeah. But, I mean, hockey's you got to the equipment alone is expensive. Plus you have to pay for practice cause you need to pay for ice time. And I grew nine inches in two years. My parents were not buying four sets of everything for hockey equipment. They just, they're like, here's cleats, go play soccer. Okay. I can do that. And I was, I wasn't a good athlete anyways. So my dreams of winning the Stanley cup with the Red Wings went by the wayside. Dave. Gotcha. But you know, speaking of soccer to brag on Olivia, she lettered in soccer as a freshman. She was not even on varsity. Then how did she learn? She was on JV. She was the top scorer on JV. She got to play some varsity games. Uh And she scored a goal as a varsity player. So you automatically get to let her if you score a goal. Olivia, (laughs) you are amazing. So, yeah. I was pretty pretty impressed with that. Yeah, that's awesome. You know what I did as a freshman? (laughs) I played freshman soccer. And I came off the bench. Except for when I got to play goalie, because our starting goalie got mono, and then I got kicked in the face while I had braces on, and my lips just <laughs> mashed into my teeth, and I blacked out. But hey, two games as a goalie, never gave up a goal. Very nice. Might have had a minor concussion, but I was fine. It's totally <laughs> worth it. But yes, Olivia, well done. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I really I wasn't not. surprised either, but... She's pretty darn good. Before, so, Yeah. I wonder if, if my daughter's going to be that athletic. We'll see. She'll probably be tall. Yeah, that's... that's, that's <laughs> Doesn't always equate athletic, but, you know... Well, I always joke... It covers I always, up a, a multitude of... <laughs> I always joke with Meredith. I was like, we're going to make a really good first baseman or a really good tight end. Because you don't have to be... Uh-uh. Well, tight end, nowadays, you have to be very athletic to play tight end. But first base, you don't necessarily have to be. Size is your advantage in, in that position. Um, but yeah, if you can catch the ball as a tight end, that goes a long way, a long way. But, uh, I mean, she's, she's five ten. Her brother's six foot three. I'm six one close to six two. And I'm the fourth or fifth tallest guy in my family, including my cousins and uncles. <laughs> so chances are our children will not be little. <laughs> so. Well, good. Yeah. I'm just. Dave, it's going to get real, man. I feel like this podcast is going to turn into the part Bible study, part Dave asking, or part Cam asking Dave for dad advice about <laughs> how to raise a girl. But I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm super pumped. Five months. Five months and then no sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Yeah, I did things in my sleep that, like, I don't remember doing. I do that now, so I guess I'm already prepared. Yeah, until it's <laughs> there's, like, a third life involved. Yeah. And, oh, man. Like, I, re- I literally woke up in the morning holding Caroline. And I was like, how did I get Caroline? And, Le- and Melissa's like, you got up, and you got her out of the bassinet, and you brought her to bed with us. And I was like, I have no recollection of doing that. <laughs> Which is kind of scary, so... Oh, she turned out all right, too. Yeah, she's still alive 20 years later. (laughs) All right. Well, now that we are... 15 minutes in. Yeah, 
That's that's a good introductory <laughs> period after a few weeks off, you know? Life happens outside of the podcast. Life, Literally. Life does happen out of the podcast, and Jesus is very much part of everything that we do. So it's not Even always... when we don't want him to be. I know. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That was depressing. Sorry. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Like it's kind of those moments like, oh yeah, you totally know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no hiding that one from you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we move on to our passage for sure. this episode? Yes. We're at Matthew 18 verses 10 through 14, which reads, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. That's it. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. First question. Little ones have angels in heaven? Question mark. <laughs> that, it, it's from verse 10. And it says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels, T-H-E-I-R, always see the face of my Father was in heaven. Mm-hmm. What I I'm confused. Do we each have like a personal angel in heaven that is looking at God for us? I I don't. I mean, I'm being slightly facetious here, but I, I genuinely don't remember this <laughs> from this passage. It's always focusing on the sheep, mm-hmm. but this sentence seems kind of weird. Their angels always see the face of my Father who's in heaven, mm-hmm. and I need to know, Dave. What's this about? Uh, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure on um, specifics here, but I I do believe, and I think throughout Scripture this is um, validated that um, angels uh, have a purpose of serving um, those of us who are here on earth. And do I, do I believe that Dave Hogue personally has a guardian angel? No. Um, do I think it's possible? Yeah, I, I certainly think that's possible, but um, I think it's more of a, um, our angels are there when we need them. Angels are there when we need them, um, when it serves a purpose, uh, to have somebody that's constantly watching over us, protecting us. Um, I don't see that in scripture. Um, but I, I, I think, um, well, I, I know angels are real. I mean, the, the Bible talks about angels being real and I think there's very much a, uh, maybe not so much a hierarchy, but there is certainly a, um, this is your job 
and this is what you do. Uh, Gabriel, you know, says, I'm an archangel. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the other archangel? Gabriel's an archangel. And I'm drawing a blank on the other Mike. Michael? Uh, Michael? Is Michael the other archangel? Yeah. Um, you know, th- 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 there's certainly a title. There's certainly a... Um, Frank Peretti uh, wrote a series of books that sort of kind of... I, 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 it's fiction. <laughs> it is fiction. That, that, that um, takes a look at sort of the spiritual realm and, and what happens in the spiritual realm. Um, but it, angels have a purpose, and I believe that there are, are angels whose purpose is uh, to to protect us and guard us. Um, Psalm thirty four seven is a verse that talks about, um, and we use the English Standard Version: uh, "The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and delivers them." So there's that element of um they protect us um i do believe that there's um like i said earlier we don't have this we we don't all have this like guardian angel that's watching over us um well if we do mine's doing a bang up job so yeah i i feel Keep very, it up. i feel very fortunate <laughs> uh but yeah you know Gabriel and Michael, both when they when they appear on the scene, uh, Gab- Gabriel. I want to say Gabriel is the one that talks to Mary when she finds out she's pregnant, and Joseph, and kind of is like, "Hey, this is what's going on. Uh, I'm here. I'm representing, and I'm letting you know what the situation is." And um, not a ton in the Bible about what angels do, um, but certainly. One of their jobs is to protect us. Well, yeah, that was um, what you said there. Not a whole lot in the Bible about angels. That was my my first response to this. I was like, little ones have angels in heaven? Wait, what do angels do? Angels say, do not be afraid, whatever you're saying. <laughs> that's, all that, that's all that I know. Which means to me that angels are not little precious moments dolls, right? No. Because I'm not going to be confronted with one of those and go, you know, and... Ha- their their response is always do not be afraid mhm which tells me that angels They're... um are in some form or fashion startling and or intimidating mhm um but other than that i'm they sing holy 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 in the throne room and and, and those are even described as cherubim right so, so cherubim, on some level, are different than much harder to say and spell than angels. <laughs> yes, but but I, I, like I said, I I have not spent a ton of time researching this. Um, but but the the glimpses that you the snapshots that you see in scripture, uh, where it does talk about angels, um, they ha- it's it, it appears to me they have a very specific job and they know what that job is. And they pretty much do it uh, obediently, and um, I think they they uh, it's it's humbling to me to think there is a supernatural being that at times is protecting me 
in the material world. And that as he does his job, um, I do believe them to be all males. All the names that are in scripture of angels are all male names. But as they do their job, <laughs> uh, I think they I'm enjoy refrain- it. Yeah. I think they enjoy it. Like, I, I truly think it's like, this is what I'm created to do. And I take, I take great pleasure in yeah, serving and, God and his creation. And that's, that's a, a, a good point to make is that angels are created beings. Mm-hmm. They they are supernatural. Well, I, I, technically we are too, but right because we're not. Yeah, I mean the, the the physical nature we have is is the temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the angels, as far as we know, the angels don't ever take physical form in in the way that we know it. Um, but there's a lot of reference to the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, and there's a lot of people that think that that is Jesus in the Old Testament, coming and going as he pleases in his true spiritual form before he becomes fully incarnate as mm-hmm. Jesus. But, you know, if you want to read about that, there's lots of dissertations you can, you know, go read. Um, sorry, that was obnoxious. <laughs> I, I pushed my glasses up on my nose, but that doesn't really come across in audio. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, this, the, the angels are like I I forget about them and then when I think about them I'm very intrigued, mm-hmm. and so this just kind of piqued my interest of oh yeah I forgot about those guys, yeah because what's because I wonder what like this is one thing I think is biblical, and I'm not gonna be able to give you scriptures to back this up. We do not become angels Correct. when we die, and I yeah. know that's kind no, of humans a, a and common, angels are we're different yes, and what our relationship with angels are going to be in eternity I do not know. Because again, I don't think scripture speaks to that. Not that I can think of. So if somebody out there knows. <laughs> yes, if anyone out there is an expert in angelology. Billy Graham wrote a book many years ago called Angels, Angels, Angels. That <laughs> What a terrible name for <laughs> know, a book. That I've never... I've location, never, location, location. Like, I've never read it, but I've sat in many a pastor's study, and I'm making air quotes when I say study, so I've sat in many a pastor's office and looked up on his bookshelf and seen the book by Billy Graham on angels. Angels, angels, angels. But I've never read it myself. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so let's get on to the sheep. That's that... probably the more important. Yes. Why on earth would a shepherd leave 99 good sheep to go after one dumb sheep that got lost? This seems like a poor business decision. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it says, uh, if a man has 100 sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one? Like, are you an idiot? Why would he not do this? And my response is, why in the world would he do that? Mm-hmm. He has 99 perfectly good sheep. Why would he risk losing the entire flock for the sake of one sheep? I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, basically, and I don't, I don't know a lot about shepherding and I don't know a lot about shepherds, but, um, 99 sheep together, there's sort of that, there's a critical mass where as they're all standing next to each other. And that's, I think that's true for any herd whether it be, you know, zebras or wildebeest or sheep. Um, 
one creature becomes multiple creatures. Like it's difficult. It's difficult for a predator to go. I'm going after that particular um, animal because, you know, for lions or whatever it is that eat sheep or prey on other animals in a herd, it's difficult to pick out one. But when a sheep gets alone by itself, it's very easy for a predator for it to pick it off. And so I think that's one of the reasons why that happens is the 99 together can kind of take care of themselves. One sheep off by himself. I mean, death is, is fairly certain. Right. And, and I get that. Um, but my, my, my thought process is, okay, I had a hundred. Mm-hmm. One got lost. I still have 99. If I stay with I, the 99, with the 99, I can, unless an act of God happens, I can guarantee that they're safe. You can guarantee that safe, and you're probably going to have 150 sheep come spring. Exactly. You know. But, you know, because if I leave, another shepherd or some bad guys could come steal some sheep. You know, and so I'm just the, the thought process in my head is, okay, you know, 99 isn't 100, sure. But mm-hmm. it's still 99. And if I stay, again, barring an act of God, I can protect these sheep and guarantee, as you said, that come, you know, the, the gestation period of sheep, I will have, you know, 50 to 75 more sheep. Mm-hmm. So why would I leave them? And I get you say it's, they, they're still relatively safe, right? But I can't guarantee that they're safe. And so, and I realize here, I'm thinking of this in very much just sheep and man terms, and that's really not what Jesus is getting to. But I think establishing my uh, non-understanding of why a shepherd would do this for a sheep further embellishes how insane it is that Jesus would do this for a person. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if I belabor this point for you know a minute or two, hopefully we'll understand why later. Um, but it just, like I said, it doesn't seem like a good business move. And, you know, Jesus is, uh, you know, not a businessman by trade, but he is shrewd in certain situations. And he does, um, well, he can be rather terse like a businessman mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when necessary. So I just find it interesting um, that he uses the situation and makes it seem as if I'm the idiot for not understanding why a shepherd, which is most likely the case. I'm usually the idiot in this situation. I'm okay with that. Um, It just, it does not, if I was the shepherd, unless I was like on really, really, really hard times and I had to make that gamble. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd be like, sorry, dude, you're going to keep the lions away from the rest of my sheep because you couldn't stay with the pack. They're going to eat you, and these guys are all safe. <laughs> sorry about your luck. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just find the phrasing so interesting. Does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that went away? Like, duh. Why yeah, like it's that? a given. It's yeah. like, this is what and happens. That's, and that's where I trip up. I'm like, no, that's not a given. If I have some, like, co-shepherds, then I'll send one of them to go find it, right? But if it's me and 99 sheep, I'm sticking with my 99. Mm-hmm. And thanks be to God, I'm not him. <laughs> Otherwise, Jesus never would have come. 
so yeah um from a never having been a shepherd it, it doesn't make much sense and i don't know i guess yes i am ignorant of the ways of shepherding i admit that and perhaps not even perhaps most likely that precludes me from understanding this better um so if anyone out there has an explanation that will make me go oh i just was ignorant let me know because i need to not be ignorant about important things well and i i guess i even kind of wonder in the 21st century is there truly do we are are there shepherds where it's you're the shepherd with your sheep and that's it I mean, does that even exist anymore? Well, not in America, but I would certainly, I mean, here they're farmers and they've got. Sure. But I would imagine in the Middle East, there's still shepherds. But even in that, do they not have dogs? Do they not have other hands that are working with? I mean, I, I, I guess I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. I have it's... to imagine that there are still people in the remote parts of the world that live the agrarian lifestyle that was that is the same as it was in in Bible times mm -hmm. where they live off of the land and they don't have mm -hmm. they may have a dog but who's to say these guys didn't have dogs sure. you know but I, lack of technology yes lack of facilities running water electricity for sure mm -hmm. i mean even the people that i've met in ethiopia they have access to a well and they have access to cell phones if they're really well off in the village, but they live in a hut. They sleep on one side and the cows sleep on the other. Mm -hmm. And their job is to raise the cows and the chickens until it's time to slaughter and sell them. Mm -hmm. So there may be more farmers than shepherds, but in 90% of the sense, their life is those animals, mm -hmm. which is kind of the same here. So. I have to believe in parts of the world that this still exists in this. Is it I, incredibly rare? For sure. But I have to believe that it still is that way in some places. I would agree. Just not here. No. So is this a, is this a parable? That Jesus is talking about here when he refers to the 99? Well, I sure one. hope it is. Otherwise, it's a farming lesson, and that <laughs> just seems out of place. So what, what is the parable that... Well, if we are to uh, look at the other places where Jesus talks about sheep in his teachings, it becomes readily apparent that, David, you and I are the sheep. And he is the shepherd. I'm very much a sheep. Yes. Um, my hair's not that curly, but I'm working <laughs> on it. Uh, so yeah, it, it becomes readily apparent that we are the sheep in most all of Jesus' stories, and he is the shepherd. And in this instance, he is speaking of the one of us that has strayed from the path, that mm -hmm. has gone and done... Um, the things that removes someone from Jesus' presence. So th those of us that have sinned, 
also known as all of us, right? We are all at some point the one sheep that has just, you know, took a left at Albuquerque instead of a right and, you know, Mm -hmm. thought that we were doing, thought that we were doing something that was okay, uh, knew that we were doing something wrong, but justified it anyways, uh, or just didn't give a rip and did it because it felt right or good, or whatever. Or we were angry at God, and we said, screw you, I'm going to do what I want. And uh, we all wind up, at some point, being that one sheep. And you look around, and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. And you realize, like, you're, you're just in this space, and you realize that all of your little decisions have led you coming to a spot where you don't even recognize yourself or your surroundings. And luckily... As I said earlier, the shepherd is not me. The shepherd is Jesus, and mm-hmm. he does care about the one sheep that gets away. Yeah. And he does make the seemingly poor business decision of leaving his flock to come and get you. Yes. Luke fifteen seven. And I'll read the English Standard Version. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So there's very much that element of um, and I think that's one of the this is one of those areas where uh, 21st century Americans I think we, we, we overemphasize the individual and what Christ did for us. But the reality is, is that as I look at scripture and I look about these, these parables and what Christ says, there, there is definitely this, this sense of he's going to go to all lengths for the individual. Uh, we're not just lumped in together with everybody. Um, there is a, a sense of Jesus knowing us by name, knowing us as, uh, who he created us to be, and there being that relationship between us and him as individuals um, that is, to me, quite humbling. Yeah, humbling for sure. Humbling on a good day. Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I had another thought, and it's totally escaping me right now. Um, yeah, don't remember what it was. All right, sorry. No, you're fine. I will. I will continue on to verse fourteen, and perhaps it'll come back to you. It says, "So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish," and that I think sums up perfectly what you just said. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, in in uh, modern American Christianity, it's very individualistic. But this is one of the times where God says, yeah, on an individual level, I care for you. Mm-hmm. There are billions of people on this planet and billions that have existed. And God wishes that none of them should perish. And now in this context, he's talking about little kids from our last discussion. Right. Yes. Um, but I think it is safe to expand little ones here to also include, while he is speaking specifically of kids, I, 
I think it's safe to include everyone here because oh yeah, for God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him doesn't doesn't say little kids right. Mm-hmm. Everyone, whether you are a newborn or it's your last day on this planet, has the opportunity to know God. Mm-hmm. There is no age cutoff. It doesn't matter what color you are, how big you are, how small you are, how smart you are, or how not smart you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you grew up believing something else or not. If you are that one sheep, he wants to come find you. But the thing about a sheep is you can always run the other direction. True. And sheep aren't exactly the smartest farm animals, are they? <laughs> no. So there's your there's our humble pie, Dave. You didn't compare us to like dolphins or chimpanzees that can make tools for sheep. Yes. Yeah. And sheep are stupid. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> yeah. They make nice clothes though. Yeah, that's true. Well, I have a really bad lamb joke, but I'm not going <laughs> to say it's a Brian Regan joke, but I won't. You're not going to? No, I'll just put a link in, in the show notes, if I can find it on YouTube. It's about how, oh, you want a chicken leg? Sure. You want you know, pork shank? Sure. You want some lamb? Yes, I'd love leg of lamb. It's very fancy. <laughs> but I can't deliver it like you can, so I'm just going to let it go. And Put the link out there. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm even going to leave myself a note. Brian Regan, leg of lamb. See if I can find it on the YouTubes. <sighs> Any final thoughts? Um, you know, one of the things that I've had running through my head, and um, this may be a bit cheesy, have you you haven't seen the movie Finding Dory, have you? Not yet. No. Um I I remember watching Finding Nemo many 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 years ago. I don't even know how long Finding Nemo came out. And just having this moment of it, it was a good movie. You know, I could take it or leave it. But just having this moment of that is so what Jesus does with us in terms of that movie. You know, here's Nemo, this pathetic little fish that's got one bad fin that, you know, as the movie starts, there's literally dozens of eggs there. And Nemo's kind of the one that they have, and he has the bad, the bad fin. And um, his dad, his dad does everything he can to find him and get him back. And, um, again, I get this maybe a little bit cheesy, but I just think that really is a, a, an example of what our heavenly father does. Uh, you know, when we, when, when you talk about Abba father, it's literally calling him daddy and our daddy is, is much like our heavenly father is much like Nemo's dad. He does everything he can, uh, to bring us back home, to bring us to where we belong. And um, that is so unique to Christianity and the faith um, that we have, uh, because really nowhere, any other any other religion that's out there 
does God actively seek his people? And we do have a heavenly father who does that. And that is such a, um, such an incredible thing. And, um, if we'll open ourselves up to him, I think, um, he reveals himself to us and makes himself known and, uh, desires to be in a relationship with us that is not temporary, is not defined by a finite lifespan, but it is truly, we serve an infinite God that we can have an, an eternal relationship with. And um, I still don't understand that, but I believe it wholeheartedly. And I look forward to the day where I get to experience that in reality. So. That was just sort of my last thought. I hope it fits. Not sure, but (laughs) it's all good. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.